you move you've poured out your spirit on every heart you've sent forth your word and it's come to pass what our fathers and mothers could only foretaste is now in our lifetime the order of day eyes are unfailing hearts are aligning dead bones are rising his spirit is moving eyes are unfailing hearts are aligning Ile bosh kandebas yadaba. Ya nanama shiedebas yada. Holy Spirit, we are ready. Holy Spirit, we are ready for you. Kina raba yadabasi. We have answered your call. We have answered your appointment this evening. Yes, yada, ki yada.
we know God is calling to us and we know how he wants to be worshipped we know the God that is calling to us this seasoning this season we know the God that is calling us deeper and we know how he wants to be worshipped this evening Lord we are attentive we are attentive unto you we are attentive speak for we are listening speak for we are listening lift the veil that we would see you lift the veil that we would be in fellowship lift the veil and demasiketa raba de besida mama 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 shedeba linda ye ye abasi that which was hidden that which you had hidden abai kenamasia that which you had hidden god lift the veil this evening akabasi de bashida we don't just want head knowledge but we want a transformation in the inside look upon us this evening oh god in the basike di baba 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 bashi en kanda en kondo in kalaba de di sala because we have set aside this time to be before you we have set aside this time that you would sharpen us again that you would call us higher amandi kande bos kata lende ribot kidiabashi Lenda nda bos katala bashi linda borikate basida yes you will heal yes you will deliver and amasi yes you would set free but those things are signs those things are signs leading to you ar bos kadabasi we want you we thank you for the deliverance we thank you for the healing we thank you for the transformation we thank you for the signs we thank you for the wonders in this season oh god we put aside we put aside our childish things we put aside our childish toys we put them away 
Because that which sustained us yesterday, that which sustained us last year, that which sustained us two months ago, Father, it would not sustain us now. Because you were stretching us. You are enlarging our territory. You are revealing that which had been hidden. You are revealing that which had been hidden. But as we have pressed deeper, Arrebondo rabande ida, arrebondo harande hide, in hala, en holo, in hera, en heida, lin hamaida labashida. We want the deeper things, God. Imashka, emeshketi. But we know that for the deeper things to come, there needs to be a putting away. This evening, before we go into your word, we declare that there would be a putting away. There would be a putting away. Where we had wrestled with you. Where we had given excuses. Lord, you have given us grace to put away, to put away, to put away. For when we were children, we thought as children. We understood as children. But we know that you are calling us into a deeper place of your dark. You were calling us into a deeper place of Genosko. You were calling us Ashindariabasi Yenamashike Dibabababandei Arabade de Bosandaike and I hear someone saying, Oh, this is too deep for me. Oh, this, I don't know if it's for me. I just. Let me just go back to the basics. There is no reason why you cannot partake 
the table is open. Abashike, come and sit. The table is open. There is no reason why you cannot partake. The invitation is for all. Come and see. Come and see. Come and taste. Come and drink. Come. 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 Come and taste. There is plenty of room. Le maraba si keba. Le ne maraba ba 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 ba. Yida le de siya nani nana yade. Ushara si deba. Inana si nele ba si. Ushara hide. Ushedi hanamalika. In marabos kitalamasi. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and they that dwell therein. Who shall ascend unto the hill of the Lord? Anamashika Iendenema Anamasindema Shidaba. Who shall ascend unto the hill? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul unto vanity. God is reminding me this evening that as we ascend, that as we heed, what are you giving on the altar as an exchange? What are you surrendering? Oh, Jehovah. I will surrender myself. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. We give you praise. We give you praise. Thank you, Lord, tonight for the gift of your spirit. Thank you for the gift of your presence. Thank you for the gift of your glory. We stand as those who you have made worthy to approach you. to be seen by you who are we what is man 
that you are mindful of us and the son of man that you visit us thank you that though in construction we might be a little lower than the elohim we have been crowned with glory and honor and set in dominion over all the works of your hands this man returns tonight to give you glory thank you for loving me thank you for choosing me thank you for anointing me thank you for trusting me with a commission of grace thank you for handing me a trumpet and thank you for the gift of influence in my generation to blow that trumpet tonight the vessel of clay comes and says would you blow through my lips would you exhale through the breath of my lungs would you sound an alarm in your holy temple would you make a sound of distinction such that your people may prepare for war tonight as we teach as we go deep in your word let the anointing to heal to deliver to break yokes but above all to impart the anointing that brings men out of a dulam as champions and not the mice that went in build a company of prophets of commissioned ones of apostles of sent ones out of this season of your grace and your outpouring and turn us on our generation like the double-edged sword of your word divide soul and spirit bone and marrow wield us as your fist that your kingdom may come and your will be done in the earth as it is in the halls of zion for this lord tonight we ask in the precious name of jesus somebody do me a favor and clap your hands oh you people and shout to god come on with a voice of triumph come on shout to god hallelujah father we bless you hallelujah welcome everybody it's night 13 we're going higher uh, we're going deeper uh my physical strength is 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 returning uh you know in increments i feel a little better tonight than i did yesterday and we're going to go a little further tonight not in time but in the mysteries of zion than we did yesterday oh hallelujah 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 marasuku paradia marunede dididibu shakata pahali whoo i i'm 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 well i'm back yes yes but beyond being back i i feel i feel a sense of pardon energio in the spirit tonight there is there is an energio to push in the spirit tonight so come with me to the book of luke chapter 1 verse 46 
Luke chapter 1, verse 46. We're going to take our journey from there tonight, and then we will see where the Spirit will dump us off uh, by the time He is done with us. Woo! Jesus, I feel you now. Can boast the body and day. Luke chapter 1 from verse 46. Now, you, you need to know for the sake of completion that this was Mary's response, or this was after. This verse was after Mary's response to. Um, after Mary's response to the angel of the Lord when he spoke to her, the counsel of the Lord concerning the birth of Jesus. By the way, I must, I must make a confession uh, in, in the process of recovering uh, from this little bout. Let's take the keys down a little bit overall. Um, I've had to switch up my, you know, my fast, my fast breaking meal time. Uh, so usually when I fast, I do about one meal a day uh, to make sure that I don't collapse here. I've had to do it a couple of hours before seven, as opposed to when I'm done in the evening. So uh, if, if you hear a belch, amen, uh, it's, yes, the man of God needed to make sure he didn't keel over because like I said yesterday, our bodies are loyal to the rules of the earth realm, amen, amen. So um, I just thought to put that out there in the sake of being transparent. Right, so Luke chapter 1 verse 46, Chrissy, how you doing? Let's go. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's do this. Thank God for coffee, the tenth gift of the Holy Spirit, as I jokingly like to say. Amen. Where would we be without it? Luke chapter 1 verse 46. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. And my spirit, listen, hath rejoiced in God my Savior. I repeat, my soul doth magnify the Lord. Someone say doth. Present continuous. Someone say present continuous. My soul is in the process of magnifying the Lord. And my spirit has already rejoiced in God my Savior. Thank you. We can take the keys off completely. So yesterday, we began to look at the anatomy of man. What is man? Spirit, soul, body. Uh, we went to Genesis chapter 1, in which we established that in Genesis chapter 1, God said to the pantheon, of image-bearing Elohim, let us make man in our image, meaning man will share a component of something that we all contain or all uh, are connected, all come from, or, or all constituted of. He then goes forward to say, the Bible then says, God made man in his own image, meaning man, and I don't think I took enough time to explain this yesterday because of time, but while there is a, a level of the image of God that several spirit beings share there is a deeper level of god's image that only man shares i need to make that clear um 
Yes, once God has spoken, twice have we heard that power belongs to him. Amen. Just some echo back in the house. And so, God now creates bara, pulls out of no seen constituent a piece of himself and calls it man. If God is spirit, then this thing must be spirit. We went to Ecclesiastes, tongue twister, 12, that tells us in verse 7, I believe, that when a man dies, the spirit goes back to God who gave it, and the body goes back to the earth and whence it comes. And so that's the spirit. And so Genesis 1 says, God created man. In essence, man is spirit. Genesis 2 then throws us a curveball. It says, God formed man. Yatsar means to fashion from a raw material man from the dust of the ground. It doesn't say he fashioned man's container. It says he fashioned man. And so I was at pain to explain. Man is not a spirit with a soul who lives in a body. Man is spirit and man is body. And that the body and the spirit are equal components of man. It is not a man if it is missing a body or a spirit. Are you hearing me? For instance, the Bible says that now in heaven, there is one intercessor between God and man, the man, Jesus Christ. But after he died, resurrected, ascended, and returned, Peter and the rest of them were around him. He told them, my hands, meaning he has a body. Someone say a body. The Bible tells us that you and I, when we resurrect, we'll have a body. It says that right now we yearn to be clothed with our heavenly body. So there will be a body in heaven. There will never be a time when mankind is just floating around with one exception. One exception. A period of time where the Bible says we will be not male, not female. We can't marry like the angels. There will be a period of disembodiment in which we go through the judgment seat of Christ. From death till when judgment is over. But the moment that's over, and according to the book of Revelation, if you are not a preterist, you then believe like I do in a literal rapture and a literal second coming, we will live the rest of eternity in a new body. I'm looking forward to that. Yes, sir. I get my hair back. <laughs> you can get your sight right now. All right. But... We then finished up by looking at the third dimension. The Bible says that God breathed the breath of, of life. He expelled his own spirit breath into that body. And it says man became a living nefesh. Now, that became is pregnant with all sorts. Slow down, Israel. You can tell I'm excited tonight. That word became is pregnant with all sorts of implications. I'll summarize those implications because of time, I'm trying to calm myself down by saying this. From that point on, man could be summarized by his soul. It doesn't say man developed a soul. So what is man? Genesis 1 says he is spirit. What is man? Genesis 2 says he is body. What is man? Genesis 2 then goes on to say, Man became, meaning the two things that had been referred to as man, the eternal spirit and the time-bound body, became. Someone say became. Be in essence, there was a fusion. There was a, 
a connection, there was a union, a marriage that produced a third, pardon? It produced a third component called the soul. And the word nefesh in Hebrew means the seat of desire, thought, or decision. In essence, this is where we get the definition of the soul that says the soul is the function of man that deals with his mind, his will, and his emotions. Now, man having a spirit or being a spirit, not completely a spirit, he is a spirit, a soul, and a body. Like I said, none of the three can be missing for it to be called man. Man being a spirit means that there is a component of him that is of the same raw material as the Elohim. It is from the same source and functions by the same rules. And later on in this study, we will slow down to take on that thought. That the same rules that apply to God and the other Elohim also apply to only to your spirit. Your spirit in and of itself has Elohim-like capabilities or characteristics. It's very important because you will find out that dealing with the spirit realm first starts, the Bible says, he that has no control over his own spirit is like a broken down city without walls. You cannot hope to interact with the other members of the spirit world if you haven't yet made a good enough introduction to the member of the spirit world that shares an address with you. Are you following me? You can't hope to master koinonia with Yahweh if you cannot first master the interaction with the spirit that dwells inside you. But there's a part of you that comes from the unseen realm. It is legal in the unseen realm. You'll ain't hear me. I said it is legal. It, it grants you an address. See, man is the only created being that is legal in two worlds. Hear me. Man is the only created being that does not need an external invitation. Man does not need a spirit to grant permission to function in the unseen realm. Because man has a spirit. Man does not need permission to function in the seen world because man has a body. In fact, for any other entity except man to be legal in the earth realm, that entity must have been invited explicitly or manipulated implicitly by a member of the realm outside the scene. This is why Psalm 8, after asking what is man, goes on to say that it is through man that God steals the avenger. 
and addresses the adversary. So there, God tells man in Genesis 1, he says, be fruitful, multiply, replenish, subdue, and have dominion. In essence, it is through you, slow down Israel, that I will exercise my eternal godhood and dominion in the earth realm. But the Bible says, this, so in essence, man has two components from two different worlds that function according to two completely different sets of rules. They are diametrically opposed. And they are held together by a composite creature called the soul. The soul is a child of two realities. Man became, Genesis 1, man is a spirit. You all talk to me in the comment section. Genesis 2, man was formed as a body. They became, in essence, this thing called the soul is a there's a young man listening to me right now. I don't know if you're young, but you're a man listening to me right now. Just, just, just believe me. This may sound crazy, but just believe me. Just, just believe and find out if I'm right or wrong when you believe me. There is a section of your soul that has fractured under stress and trauma. That's, in essence, something happened to you that literally caused your heart, your psyche to break. A fractured soul. That fracture has been infected with fear, anxiety, and if I'm not mistaken, unforgiveness or offense. It has created a pad for a demonic creature to attach itself to your soul. Tonight the Lord said to tell you that as we preach, well, let me rephrase that. The Lord didn't tell me to tell you, but I'm seeing based on what I'm seeing, I am telling you that as we preach tonight, I'm seeing the word of God chip at that component of your soul. And so I want you to be sensitive because God is going to be doing a surgical work tonight. And if that work is allowed to rest in your soul, by the time we are done with this evening, deliverance will have occurred. Hallelujah. And you foul spirit, I command you to release your hold now. That spirit that causes blackouts and flashes of anger that come with uh, flashes of anxiety, anger and panic that come with gaps in the memory. I rebuke you tonight in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. All right, so. The soul is a, is a creature of two worlds. It, in essence, it, it, is, it doesn't belong to either. 
you must understand this. Your soul, quote unquote, doesn't belong to either world, but by attaching itself and by cooperating with body and or spirit, it has the right of function to a degree in both. Are you with me? Are you with me? And so we come to Luke chapter 1. Let's go back there, Chrissy. Luke chapter 1. Over these next two days, today and tomorrow, um, tomorrow being the quorum, I'm going to do my best to leave you ready. See, tomorrow will be day 14, right? By the end of tomorrow, you should be able to start the process of interacting with your Elohim as a priest. If you got born again on day one and you followed everything through by the end of tomorrow, you should be able to go to your room and interact with God. That's a bold statement, isn't it? So stay with me. I repeat, by tomorrow night, you should be ready to walk into a room and say, God, now let's begin a priesthood interaction. It may take time like a bicycle to master it. You may wobble and fall off sometimes. But by the end of tomorrow, you will have everything you need to initiate the process. And then the next, the next 26 days will be basically giving it more depth and richness and value. All right, so let's go. Gen uh, Luke 1. Chrissy, let's go. Luke 1. Thank you, by the way, Chrissy. Appreciate you as always. Mary says, my soul magnifies the Lord. <sighs> she then says, my spirit has rejoiced in God. I want you to notice the difference in the language between the soul and the spirit. First of all, it is, it is phrasing the spirit as doing something in past tense while the soul is doing something in present tense. Can you see that? This is very important. Because in interacting with the unseen realm, especially our Elohim, remember I said it is your spirit that gives you the right to make that interaction. A dog cannot pray. A lion cannot be a priest. The spirit has rejoiced. So the spirit has made a connection that is now established and finalized with the soul's connection. Let's look at a few scriptures to explain this concept. Luke chapter 10, verse 21. I'm going to do my best. You know, I keep slowing myself down from getting too excited because um, I really like the tempo at which we went yesterday. I listened back to it. I think that was the right tempo. We took our time. It might have been a bit slow for some of you, but for the rest of us who aren't used to this, 
I really like that. So I, I, I want to keep something similar to that tempo. Luke 10, 21. In that hour, Jesus did what? Rejoiced in spirit. Someone say in spirit. You see the same language. Mary says, my spirit has rejoiced. Jesus rejoiced in spirit. Now, before we go into the Greek, you will agree that the word rejoice seems to be an emotional word. But we've just been, okay, but we just talked about the fact that the soul is supposed to be the preserve of the spirit, of, of, of the emotion, sorry. Now, there are parallels between the functions of the soul and the functions of the spirit. There are words which are used of the emotional realm, which are metaphors for what occurs in the spirit. It doesn't mean Jesus literally had a spiritual emotion per se, as we sometimes simplify it as. It means something happened at the level of his spirit that was a positive effect. There was a pulse, there was a spiritual connection that was positive in nature. Are you with me so far? Are you with me so far? Are you with me so far? Okay, now let's contrast that with, let me see now, which, which verse do I want to use? Um, um, let's go to Paul. Um, let's go to Paul. Let's go to Acts 16, verse 8. Actually, no, because that doesn't... Mm, 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 mm. Okay, so Acts 16, verse 8 talks about Paul talking to the slave girl. And the Bible says she did something, and it says Paul being grieved... The question is, what do we mean by grieved? So there's some ambiguity there. I know what it means, but there's some ambiguity there. So let's go to Ephesians 4.30. Uh, Ephesians 4.30. And the Bible here says specifically, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. So we see here that a spirit can be grieved. Now, if you understand the language of the Greek and the, the doctrine flow of the Bible, you know that in, in Acts 16, it was Paul's spirit that was grieved. So again, you see that there is a spiritual connection that produces a negative effect. In one verse, we see someone rejoicing in the spirit. In the other verse, we see someone being grieved. In the spirit are you with me okay now let's go to job 32 we we kind of sneaked a look at this yesterday but let's let's unpack it a little bit better job 32 shall we verse 7 that's that from verse 6 and Elihu the son of Barakel the Buzite answered and said I am young and you are very old Wherefore, I was afraid and did not show my opinion. I said, days should speak 
and multitude of years you teach wisdom. I've been here several times. Verse 8, but there is a spirit in man. Someone say a spirit. In man. Not man is a spirit. There is a spirit in man. And the inspiration of the almighty pause. Someone say the inspiration. Now we looked at this word yesterday in passing, but let's look at it again today. Someone say inspiration. And what's the word inspiration? Who remembers what the word was? Nisama. So can I, can I get this? Thank you. It's the word nishama. And nishama means a breath, a blast. Someone say a breath or a blast. So there is a component of man that God communicates with by inspiration. Somebody say inspiration. Inspiration. In essence, this is not intellectual. This is not, for when the Bible talks about a peace that passes understanding, it means it has bypassed the soul. There are deposits from the spirit realm to the natural realm that are themselves communications. And if you remember, when we spoke about, uh, when we did the series on hearing from God, we explained that God speaks not to inform, but to create or listen to transport. Remember, we did that at the quorum, that the voice of God is primarily a train that transports a reality from the unseen realm to the seen realm. The byproduct of the transportation of a reality is that revelation may be granted but the revelation is simply the byproduct of the transportation of a piece of the spirit realm to the seen realm so when god says when god says thus saith the lord he's not predicting your future he's creating it we understand by faith the bible says that the, that the world was framed the seasons, ions, the seasons, the, the pockets of time are framed, bounded, furnished, undergirded, and replenished is the word in Greek by the word of God. So when God deals with a man, he deals spirit to spirit, which is why the fall of man was a travesty because it destroyed the capacity of the human spirit at some level to connect with God at some level. In essence, it, 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 it made it more difficult because man became flipped inside out. Man was designed to receive impulse from God in his spirit, translate that impulse to his soul, and then regulate his body by the impulse from the soul. When man fell, the order was reversed. Man started taking instructions from his body and his soul instead of being the governor of the body, became governed by the body and shut the spirit out. And so when there is going to be fellowship or communion, remember we looked at this, Paul says if you are one with God, then you are one spirit. So it is the spirit that begins the mingling, the interaction, the koinonia with God. And so that exchange happens at the spirit dimension. 
initially the mind or the soul does not have to be fruitful are you with me doesn't have to be fruitful so the bible says for instance if we speak in the language of the it says we pray in the spirit or by the spirit it says we pray in an unknown tongue and our understanding is unfruitful so the initial connection cuts out the soul it is god to spirit however we see that something happens and this could happen anything from almost instantaneously or it could take some times i've known this to take years tony where something happens in my spirit and it takes years amanda for it to upgrade thank you for it to upgrade from my spirit to my soul thank you i got it for my spirit to my soul and the process of the upgrade is this it goes from inspiration to understanding the inspiration of the almighty percolates from the spirit to the soul and is birthed as understanding that in itself could be what could be worth preaching a whole week on because you then understand hear me that when a spirit speaks to a human being the end product is understanding now i want you to think about this how do you understand something from the intellectual realm say you're studying physics how do you understand physics you take a textbook or teachers teach it in class something is explained to you and you're looking like i don't get it i don't get it i don't get it right for a while you know or accounting for instance money like how how does this double entry thing work how how are you telling me that there was a debit here and a credit there and a, and a balance sheet here and an income statement there and all that stuff and then each of us can remember the time in every class we sat in where we got it it just clicked right the teacher had been talking for a while but all of a sudden like ah that, that aha moment right that's how spirits talk this is the basic language of the spirit realm it has to pass through your spirit because in, so in initially you know you have received something sometimes it's not sometimes it takes a while for it to make sense but okay so you're praying about something and you just feel this peace this sense of you know it's, it's sorted but you don't have any understanding and it could take a day or two or three and something just this is the way I like to put it. You remember something you never forgot. If you have ever, and I see, I bless the Lord because when God began to walk with me in the supernatural realm, he told me at the start, this was in 2004, no, first of all, 1998. Then in 2001, when I got upset with him because I said, people that I am discipling are having supernatural encounters. That, that was the basis of my running away from God. I said, people I'm discipling are having supernatural encounters with you, and you're not revealing yourself to me. My life is upside down. There's things going on in my natural life, you know. Um, it, it, things came to a head when um, I was in university. I got a mission university in Nigeria. I was living on campus. Uh, you know, I decided to do some A-levels because I was going to come to the UK, and I, I was so sure I was going to go to Cambridge. That was my dream. 
And then I found out that by some mistake from the school counselor and the A-level school I was doing, that we missed the Cambridge deadline. And a couple of other things were going on. I just got, I said, God, you know, I said, Lord, I'm not going to deal with a God who is just in the Bible, who will not reveal himself to me. And so for three years, I ran away from him. When I came back, I came back by a supernatural encounter. I told you the story. It lasted for about a few weeks. And then he said to me, he said, son, where I'm taking you for this to be safe, I want to withdraw this extraness, the extraness I enjoy now. He says, I want to go line upon line with you such that when I bring you into the fullness of your destiny, you know of a certainty the things you have believed. But he went further. He says, I want to use you as a textbook that others can follow step by step. And if I just throw you in at the deep end, there'll be no joy, or, no, or not joy is the wrong word, there'll be no profit to those coming after you to be able to follow you as a reference point. So he asked me for permission to withdraw those ooh, experiences. And I was left, Manda, with being able to hear God's voice the only way that is universal to all people, which is, write this down, the voice of a spirit sounds like a spontaneous thought, idea, picture, or emotion. Let me repeat. The voice of a spirit sounds like a spontaneous, meaning it wasn't something you were cooking up. You weren't thinking about dinner, and then I'm going to buy this chicken, and I'm going to put the gravy. Then you say, oh, God said add peas. No, that's not God. That's your linear thought. I mean, an unprompted, uncrafted, uninitiated, spontaneous thought or idea or emotion or picture. Let me repeat. Thought, idea, emotion, or picture. Let me repeat. Thought, idea, emotion, or picture. And sometimes it can be a sensory perception. It can be a smell, a taste, or a physical feeling that had no basis in your lineal project. You weren't building this up. It just alighted, listen, and it will many times, almost always, sound like you or someone for whom you have honor, regard, or a sense of submission to. Many of you talk to spirits every day, or they talk to you, you just don't know. If you've ever met somebody and liked or hated them at first sight, a spirit was talking. It could be God's spirit warning you. It could be a demonic spirit trying to frustrate a divine assignment or relationship. When God inspires man, the result, the end product, instantaneously or eventually, is understanding. Someone say understanding. An aha. If you are constantly subject to anxiety, 
and depression as I was for a season of my life, so I know what I'm talking about. I, I, I know what I'm talking about. Or addiction or a, a, an obsession and an inability to detach from something, there is very good grounds to believe a spirit is talking to you. Not every thought, picture, idea, or emotion that kindles in your soul originated from you. Are you hearing me? In fact, I'll take this further. All your soul is, is a computer. Your soul has no ability to generate, listen, its own content at birth. It learns. The soul is an quote-unquote artificial intelligence device that is coded with a certain logic, either a godly logic or a demonic logic, and after a while, that logic becomes self-perpetuating. So the Bible says when you get saved, you must renew your mind. You have to reprogram the computer. It says whatever things are good, positive, great, a good report, listen, think on these things. Naomi, I'm trying, daughter, I'm trying. The same way God freed me too. Think on these things. So if it's telling you to think on these things, listen, it means that there is a component outside your mind that can take a hold of your will and focus your mind in that direction. David, throughout the Psalms, would say things like, soul, why are you cast down? In essence, it is possible to have a conversation with your soul. Think about that. So, if it is possible to have a conversation with your soul, you are having a conversation with your soul, what part of you do you think is having the conversation with your soul? There are only three components to you, your spirit, soul, and body. What other component has the agency of communication? Both do is the answer. Your body has an agency. Put your hand in fire and see what happens. That's your body talking to your soul. Your body's talking to your will. Pull that hand out. But which of those two components has the ability to make your soul focus on an objectively positive reality. It's your spirit. Are, are you following me so far? So coming back here, your soul simply is a magnifying glass. And whatever source of light you hold it up to, it will kindle a fire from that light. So what are you talking about? Luke chapter 1. Let's go back. Luke chapter 1. Verse 46. Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. This is the job of the soul. 
by something. Let's look at the word magnify, shall we? Are you with me? We're going somewhere. And I'm trying to take my time. My soul wants to run. <laughs> Megaluno. Someone say Megaluno. To make great, enlarge, magnify, to esteem highly, extol, Lord, celebrate. Can you see that? The soul is designed, somebody say, for obsession. Which is why any attempt to correct a human being's behavior by breaking an addiction will fail, listen to me, unless you replace the old addiction with a new one. Are you listening to me? The soul was built to magnify something, to latch itself onto something and exaggerate the importance of that thing. Hello, somebody. Any attempt at balance, quote and unquote, is doomed to failure. The people who live, quote unquote, balanced lives have magnified purpose. They just don't know. You can be temperate in, in many things when you are obsessed with one thing. So if you're obsessed with being a sports icon, you will eat temperately, sleep temperately, party or no temperately. In essence, what we call discipline and balance is actually an overflow of an overriding obsession. I, 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 are you with me, somebody? Help me, God. Help me, Holy Ghost. Help me, help me, help me, help me. Somebody say, help him. Say, help him, Jesus. That's it. Help him, Lord. Okay. My soul magnifies who? God. Why? Because my spirit has already made the connection. There has been a positive link in the spirit. Let's look at the word rejoice. PT, are you with me? <laughs> rejoice is the word agailo. Agailo means to exalt. Somebody say exalt. To jump for joy. To be exceedingly glad. This is the same phrase used when the Bible says, Elizabeth told Mary, the baby in my womb leapt when you walked in the room. Because even though John's body and soul was still being formed, his spirit was eternal. Which is one of the reasons for quote and unquote if I don't want to use the word pro-life because that's just a political term. 
I don't believe in pro-life or pro-choice. I believe in pro-scripture, which says that a child was formed or was known by God from the moment or before he was formed in his mother's womb. There has been a positive response between my spirit and God, who is spirit. That positive response, that connection has uploaded to my soul the decision to turn its magnifying glass in God's direction. On the flip side, when I'm grieved in my spirit, or I grieve the Holy Spirit, there has been a negative response between my spirit and God that causes my soul to turn its magnifying glass away. There must first be a spiritual flow before there can be a solical connection. Are you with me, somebody? In essence, my spirit has found a place of edification in him. And notice that that is a discrete event. My spirit has rejoiced. It's a discrete event. It happens. But my soul doth, meaning it's a continuing event. One is instantaneous. The other one is continuous. Because my soul has to continue to magnify God. Or it will start to magnify something else. The job of the soul as created by God was to magnify him. However, because he gave mankind the agency of free will, man can choose what man uses his soul to magnify. Man cannot choose the end result of that magnification. Remember I told you guys the story last year of a conversation between me and a mentor of mine. I asked for his advice on something. He said, well, you're not going to like what I'm about to say. I said, no, say it. He says, well, I respect you too much. I think it's going to offend you. I said, no, sir, please go ahead and say it. He said, are you sure? And I said, sir, I can choose my mentor or I can choose how to be mentored. I cannot choose both. That make sense? And again, like I like to say, I'm not that intelligent. Such things come from above. So as a human being, you can choose who mentors you. Miracle has come again with his over syllabus. I'm coming there. <laughs> we can choose who mentors us. I can say, Tony, I want you to be my mentor. I then have to accept who you are in the process of see this generation wants to choose a mentor and then inform the mentor how to mentor them i'm not your guy right if you want if you want to pick so you can choose me as your shepherd or apostle 
or you can choose how you want to be shepherded or apostled. But you can't, you can't say, Rev, be my shepherd, then come with your textbook and say, Rev, this is how to know, sir. The same way, your soul can decide what or who it magnifies. It must then accept whatever light comes through that magnifying glass to burn that paper as its end result. Or it can decide the end result of what it wants its magnification to be and then find the correct thing that will cause that end result. But having chosen what to magnify, you don't get to choose the end result. Now, isn't that what magnify very suspiciously similar to proskineo? To exalt, right? To make great. Let's look at it. Thank you, Christy. Christy, you were right. Go there, go there. Let's look at it again. Magnify. Megalino or megaluno. To make great. To declare to be great. To esteem highly. To extol. To lord, to celebrate, to get or give glory and praise. Now let's go to John chapter 4 to look at the word proskineo again, aka worship. The Father seeketh such to worship him. And they, no, they that worship him, same word anyway. They that worship him was worshiping spirit and truth. Okay, let's look at that word, proskineo. I want you to compare the two. And you see that they are ve- they're almost identical. To kiss the hand in token of reverence. To kneel or prostration, to do homage, to make obeisance. To re- express respect or make supplication. Now, remember, it comes from two words, pro and what? A kun, kion, kun, right? Which literally means to, to be inferior to. Does that make sense? So, Mary is teaching us here, or the Bible is teaching us using Mary, that, listen, your spirit, stay with me, this, 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 this may cause trouble if you don't take it correctly. You can worship God in spirit. Are you with me? But your spirit alone is incapable of perfecting the process of worship to God. Because when God puts your spirit into your body, it birthed, you became a soul. And the agency of will is now attached to the soul. The difference between you and an angel is that the angel's agency of will is domiciled in its spirit. 
man's agency of will after Genesis 2 was domiciled in his soul. You will then see that across the entire Bible, and I'm about to show you a few examples, every demonstration of connection between man and God is a function of the soul. The instruction to follow after, to persecute, to apply pressure, right, is entirely an agency of the soul. Are you ready? Let's look at a few. So we've seen Mary say, my soul magnifies the Lord, right? Okay. Now, let's, let's, let's go to my second favorite Bible character. Who remembers who my second favorite Bible character is? Second favorite. No, Paul's my favorite. Thank you. Yeah, remember? David was my favorite, but he's now my second favorite. Paul is overtaking him. I said that a few days ago, right? Okay, so let's look at my second favorite Bible character. Let's go to Psalm 103 for starters. Psalm 103. Folks, this thing is hidden in plain sight. Bless the Lord, comma, what? You don't even need to go there to know you. Many of you, I mean, come on. We all know the state, the, the psalm. Bless the Lord. Finish it, Manda. Oh, my soul. Colon. And all. That is what? Within me. Now, what is all that is within me? What is man? Spirit. Soul body so what is all that is within him spirit soul and body but notice until the soul blesses god all that is within him cannot bless god until the soul comes into alignment with the with the prosecution of the assignment to bless god the rest of all that is within him is stuck in limbo. Let's look at the word bless. Again, it shouldn't surprise you what you find. It's the same principle. Proskineo, megaluno, it's the same context here. It's the word barak. Let's look at the word barak. To bless, kneel, salute. Sometimes it could be to curse, but that's the exact opposite. Um, to, to be adored, to cause to, be, to kneel, to praise or salute. By implication, listen, to bless God, congratulate, kneel down to praise or salute. In essence, listen to me, the word barak, hear me, hear me, hear me. The word barak in the Hebrew is understood by Hebrew speakers to mean to increase the value of something in your perspective or to exalt. Can you see it's the cousin of proskineo and megaluno? Can you see that? Extol, salute, or magnify the importance of God. Oh, my soul colon 
and all that is within me meaning if my soul blesses him everything that is within me is seen to move in the same direction now this should create some very important questions because genesis 1 says that god tony baracked adam mm. now if you're if you're if you're not if you don't if you're not wise in the in the language of of of, of the hebrew and the doctrine of the bible you say god worshiped adam that's not true i've heard some people preach that that's not true it literally means god gave adam respect this is what psalm 8 means when he says what is man that you are mindful god literally said adam in my eyes you have importance I am magnifying your station. In essence, God was like a president who walked into a state in the country or a prime minister who walked into a borough and saluted the governor of the state or the mayor of the council. We all know who is in charge, but when a person who is in charge gives regard to someone, Everything that answers to the person in charge is then told, treat that thing with the same respect you give me. There you go, like the Roman government system. So God was saying to the rest of creation, this guy here is not your mate. This Adam dude, right? I barack him. I magnify his importance in my eyes you're better do the same delegated authority so it is the job of the soul to barack god to establish his importance like mary says to megaluno him to magnify him listen isn't that the first component or what God says he wants to do to man. What is man that you are mindful of him? Let's look at the second component. Visit. Remember, we were told to follow after, persecute God in chasing him, give him no rest. Well, let's see how that can be done, shall we? Let's go to Psalm 63. I know I have plenty of quote-unquote favorite psalms, but if you put a gun to my head, this is my favorite one. No, 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 really, really. Tony, this is the psalm that changed my life. 2004 slash 5. That rhymes, doesn't it? The psalm changed my life in the year 2004 slash 5. MC Rev. A psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. David is running away from Absalom for his life. In his worst time, oh God, thou art what? My God. Early will I seek you. How? Colon. You see that? My soul thirsts for thee, comma, my flesh longs for thee 
Let's look at those two words. The word soul is the word nefesh. So we know that's nefesh. The word flesh is the word basar. What does basar mean? Basar literally means your physical body. So the Bible is showing us here there's a difference between when the Bible says flesh sometimes and when it talks about because the word nefesh itself is also translated as flesh sometimes. So my physical body is longing for you because my soul is thirsty for you. But the instigator is my soul. Let's keep going. You come down. Verse 5. My soul shall be satisfied. In essence, my soul's longing, and it is that same soul that will, will, will let me know when we've gotten what we want. Let's keep going. Verse 8, my soul follows hard after you. See the same phrase again, follow, after? It is my soul that is in the act of pursuing you. Are you hearing me, somebody? If you do a word study for soul in the Bible, 432 times, it is used primarily in certain ways. One is in talking about a human being. Man became a living soul. My soul shall live. The soul that is not circumcised shall be cut off from his people. But when you start to get into the realm of Psalms, let's go there. Let's go there. I want to show you something. You see a very important shift in the way the word soul is used. Once we enter the book of Psalms. Where are Psalms, Psalms, Psalms? Uh, right, so... The first time says, many there be which say of my soul. There is no help for him in God. From that point on, David almost always uses the word soul in the context of an interaction with God. Psalm 6 verse 3, my soul is so vexed, meaning my soul is frustrated, colon, but thou, O Lord, how long? Meaning God, there's, my soul is not happy with the fact that you are slow to arrive on the scene. Let's keep going. Let's look at a few. Return, O Lord, deliver my soul. The enemy is persecuting my soul. 
God, you're telling my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain. Psalm 13, 2. How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall my enemy be exalted? In this sense, I am, I'm, I'm having a conversation in my soul. The context of Psalm 13 is literally talking about God seemingly being slow to get involved in a case. Psalm 16, O my soul, thou hast said unto God, thou art my Lord, my goodness does not extend to thee. This is proskineo in action. This is megaluno in action. Are you with me, somebody? This is Barak in action. Psalm 19, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting, someone say converting. To convert means something belonged to something else before, and it was transformed, it its allegiance was switched. So I told you yesterday that the job of the law in the Old Testament was not to fulfill the salvation of man, it was to begin the process of converting man's soul, to start to help man think the way man's Elohim, Yahweh, functioned and thought. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lead, lies down in he leads me inside the sea waters, he what? Restores my soul, colon! Because he has restored, meaning now that he has taken back my soul to where it should be, he can now lead me in the path of what? Righteousness. What is righteousness? The state and manner and culture that meets the demand of a spirit. Psalm 24, he that had, now it starts by saying, who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord, uh, who shall stand in his holy place. So, if you are going to connect with the spirit, who shall ascend, let's look at that, let's look at that. I'm trying to be quick, but let's look at that. Psalm 24. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord, verse 3, or who shall stand in his holy place? He that has clean hands and a pure heart, colon, or semicolon, who has not lifted up his soul to vanity, the word vanity literally means an idol, or sworn deceitfully. In essence, if your soul has already been offered to something else, you cannot connect with God. Are you getting the point? Psalm 33. Our soul waiteth. So when you say, we're going to wait upon the Lord. What part of you waits upon the Lord? Your soul. That's why prayer is difficult. Because your soul is rebellious. Your soul wants Premier League. It wants Champions League. It wants the soap opera. It wants everything but so. To, to pray, to wait upon God, your soul has to wait upon God. Yes, David would say things like in, in the Psalms, be still, 
my soul, God knows your ways. Now, if you read that correctly in the Hebrew, it says, be still my soul, God is knowing your ways. In essence, God is having, God wants to have intercourse with you. So can you lie still while he can connect with you? Shaliakapa, y'all ain't talking to me tonight. You're talking to the spirit, spirit and life, right? You get to the New Testament, like miracle, you know, let, let's go there, Romans 7, the, uh, the over-syllabus student for today. There's always one in every class who gets to the end of the class at the beginning. Romans 7.25. I thank God through Jesus our Lord. So then with the mind, sukos, literally, uh, well, not actually, not one second. Let me, let me take time to deal with this because this is a little bit, it's not as copy and paste, but you see that it gets there in the end. One second. So the word here is nuos now, not sukos. That's why I, I stopped. Not sukos, it's nuos, but listen, this is what nuos means. Mind or what? Understanding. The mind comprising like the faculties of perceiving understanding, listen, and those of feeling, judging, and determining. What is the soul? The mind, classically meaning thought, the will, decision, and emotion. Can you see that here? So, it's the same, it's the same principle, right? Okay, so he says, so then with the mind, I myself serve the law Let's look at another scripture from the New Testament. Philippians chapter 2. And I believe we're going to verse 13. Can I get some keys? Philippians 2. Listen. 12 says, wherefore, my beloved, as you've always obeyed, not us in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. How? In essence, how can you live this life that the spirit is demanding? How can you meet the demands of a spirit? How can you walk out what salvation put into you? For it is God which works in you, listen, both to will and to do. To will and what to do. Hmm. One more. One more. One more. Shakabadi. One more. Ikashabado. Acts chapter 17. After this, I'm going to make one statement. We pray. 
and we resume tomorrow. But don't go anywhere. This is the punchline. Listen. I need time to deal with this man. Verse 25, God is not worshipped with men's hands. Tony, it's not worshipped with our hands. It's not the clapping or the offerings. As though he needed anything, seeing he gives to all life, breath, and all things. He's made of one blood, all nations, blah, blah, blah. Listen, and determine their times appointed and the bounds of their habitation. Why? That they should seek the Lord, if happily they might feel after him and find him. In essence, God has ordained in every man a, a piece of his reality that is searching for him. Listen, verse 28. For in him we live and move, listen, and have our being. If you look at this in the Greek, the phrase have our being, let's look at this real quick, let's look at this real quick. The phrase have our being is the word esmen. Someone say esmen. It means we are. Someone say we are. It's man's version of I am. It literally means we form our sense or take our sense of reality. In simple English, if you put Acts 17 and Philippians 2 together, this is what you get. When you get born again, Tony, God, like Mary said, like Jesus said, there is a deep, like Job says, there's a spirit in man and the breath of the Almighty. There is an ignition in your spirit. Your spirit switches on. But from that point on, your ability to have fellowship with the spirit of all spirits is framed what? By your soul. Which is why which is why Paul would say things like Ephesians chapter 3. Let's go there real quick. Ephesians 3.20. You all know the scripture. Now unto him that is able to do. Someone say he's able to do. Exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask or what? Think. Colon. According, not to his power, but to the power that is at work where? Within you. What is in you? Spirit, soul, body. What became, what did man become? Soul. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. In essence, your soul becomes a thermostat that regulates your ability to connect with, download, and harness the limitless potential of inspiration that you can draw from God in the Spirit. This is why Paul says in Romans chapter 12, I beseech you, someone say beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your what? Bodies, wrong, mistranslation. Let's look at the word bodies. I told you, right? Let's look at the word bodies. 
mistranslation is the word soma what is soma while it means quote unquote it's used sometimes to refer to a human body use of a large or small number of men or the bodies of planets or stars that which casts a shadow distinguished from the shadow itself the body as a sound hole used in a very wide application it literally means present your entire reality that's what soma means present your entire reality body soul and spirit in essence right i mean if, if you want to look at this look at you just just do a word study on somewhere in the bible now present your entire reality as a living sacrifice we start where we started on day one proskineo not just the act of worship but the life holy and acceptable to god which is your reasonable service remember paul started by saying i'm beseeching you he then says and meaning this is still part of the beseeching don't be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove the good acceptable and perfect will of god tony what is the good acceptable and perfect will of god that he wants to be or he is mindful of you and he wants to visit you that's the will of god emmanuel everything else is an outworking of that will god's ultimate will is a desire miracle calm down just miracle just miracle just be be calming down tell, somebody tell miracle be calming down yes not today not today be calming down miracle right that's for a couple of weeks from now but like i was saying god's ultimate will tony is for the perfection of koinonia with you everything else you call his will comes out of that in essence if you and god are correctly connected everything else will flow but for that connection to happen the bible says that he needs or you need to renew your mind your soul you need to do the work to construct yamakasi how did man fall see listen 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 look at me eve had fallen before she ate the apple <gasps> yes Genesis chapter 3. Come with me. The physical apple being eaten was just the manifestation of the fall. Eve had fallen. How did she fall? Satan, Satan introduced a virus into her soul. Remember I told you the soul is a computer. The serpent, the Nahash, the demonic creature, was more subtle than any beast of the field. Someone say subtle. What subtle means literally a, a master of the soul. That's what subtle means somebody who understands how to manipulate the soul he said to the woman you shall has god said so he asked a question what's a question supposed to do what does the question do it tests your understanding there is a spirit in man and the breath of the almighty gives him understanding so your understanding is a test of the inspiration you have allowed to percolate through your soul 
So Satan comes to set a test for Eve. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. Correct. But the fruit which is in the midst of the garden, God has said you shall not eat. Correct. Neither shall you touch it lest you die. Incorrect. First crack in understanding. The serpent says to the woman, you shall not surely die. Meaning God didn't tell them about touching. He just said eat. Now the serpent literally introduces a counter thought. He, he, this is the virus working in Eve's soul. You shall not die. Meaning, what your God, the, the breath of God gave you an understanding that if you talk, if you eat this thing, you die. Satan says, No, that understanding is wrong. Satan is now fighting for her soul, her mind, her will, her emotions. And look at how he works. God knows the day you do it, your eyes shall be opened and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Now there is something, for the first time in creation, there is something in the soul of a human being that God did not put there. There's a war. There's literally a fight. The, the, see, the, the Trojan virus is hijacking the operating system. Verse 6. And when, somebody say when. Somebody say when. And when the woman saw that the fruit, the tree was good for food she'd be looking at the tree all along how did she see that the same tree she was standing in front of was good for food her perception of the tree changed and that it was pleasant to the eyes see these are all languages of the soul listen and a tree to be desired to make one wise when these things happened she took of the fruit thereof and ate the physical eating just sealed she fell in her soul before she sealed the deal and this has always been the system the playbook of the spirit realm when an Elohim wants your proskineo and wants koinonia with and through you, it must first win the battle for your soul. And when you get saved, so when you are unsaved, you are not able. In essence, when you're unsaved, all that exists in you that is alive and functioning is soul and body. Your spirit is dormant. When you get saved, another entity is turned on that has its own agency your spirit your spirit finally starts to say hello shall we do this unfortunately it needs permission from the gatekeeper the soul all salvation is is the power to be a son of god it doesn't make you a son of god john 1 it gives you the ability now God has an agent on the inside through which he can send impulses he can send inspiration he can send divine desires he can grieve or rejoice so your spirit starts to function as your conscience it starts to say this is good rejoicing internally this is bad grieving it's agitating and hoping that your soul will get in line which is where the word of the lord comes 
the bible says the word of god is pure converting the simple the law converts the soul david said the word of god preaching discipleship is supposed to put the logic of heaven into your soul that it can make a conscious decision to turn and magnify the lord but it will magnify something or someone let's pray tonight shaliantoma karima seturinamra kubaba tigedela zabredojda hadina to that young man i command that process to come to a head let the word of god break you out of that soul prison father i speak to everyone under the sound of my voice in the prison of the soul everyone torn between two posts tossed in the wind driven by the winds of demonic doctrine by years of spiritual voices masquerading as thoughts contaminating your soul's capacity to convert to the one that created it take the keys up lord i come tonight as a law enforcement agent as a bailiff of the spirit and i command liberty let your soul never recover from a hunger for him be still every soul listening to me that god may know and introduce his seed into your ways marie kunamre manzu prakiatu rakaba jebre kuri kanansa parianta let the power begin to work within you let the battlefield of the mind become the victory podium of the king isha be thou glorified o god for you are highly exalted and there is nothing that you cannot do our eyes are on you be magnified repent the bible says literally means redirect your soul let the grace of god that brings salvation appear unto every man under the sound of my voice now and to eternity when this message is watched or listened to and let it begin to teach your soul that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts how it must present itself soberly righteously living with the ever constant thought of the manifestation and return of the lord jesus christ The Bible says the law was given as a schoolmaster to bring our soul to Christ. 
the Lord's job was to start the journey. But at some point, Jesus takes over and says, so walk with me. Father, let the son of glory begin to walk with every soul in this season. And lead us into metanoia. And then into metamorphosis. Lord, lead us first into metanoia. Repentance of the soul. A shift of the value system of the mind. And then into metamorphosis transformation transfiguration we give you glory lord restore every soul tonight every wound every pain every trauma every affliction of the heart and the soul the mind every form of emotional psychological traumatic abuse grief loss rejection pain shame betrayal addiction depression anxiety fear we break now in the name of jesus be thou free stand fast in the liberty wherein christ has made you free and be entangled no more with the yoke of slavery god we give you praise we give you glory we give you honor, adoration, we worship you, hallelujah. Somebody put those hands together for a worthy God, for a worthy God, hallelujah. So we're back tomorrow at 7 p.m. Um, and a quick announcement to make, tomorrow, uh, today at 3 p.m. on my Instagram handle, my personal Instagram handle, uh, I had a conversation with you about the issue of mantles uh, from the perspective of a question I was asked. If you haven't watched it, it'll be on my Instagram channel. It'll also be going up on my YouTube channel tonight, on my Instagram profile. It'll be going up on my YouTube channel tonight. Now, um, so God dropped an idea in my spirit. I believe it was the Lord who dropped it in my spirit. And tomorrow, uh, so to this afternoon, after the live, I tried to reach out earlier in the day they were busy and then they tried to call me back but i was already on the live but on my way to the studio this evening i had a conversation with the uh you know i jokingly i, I jokingly called him the troubler of israel the person whose um sermon clip started the question in the first place and we had a very good conversation and he uh, i asked him and he basically said that where he was coming from was exactly the explanation that i laid out today and so he's um he's going to be on with me tomorrow afternoon at 3 p.m. UK time and we are together going to discuss the issue of mantles anointings and this horrible practice called grave soaking going on in the body of Christ uh, and so you know uh, tomorrow afternoon on Instagram live and I believe the way an Instagram live works is you can join either of the two people who are live so tomorrow live at 3 p.m. he's going to be on with me um, and we're going to have a conversation about and break it down further uh, it seems after talking this evening that we are very much on the same page theologically and spiritually with this conversation. So we're going to settle. Uh, somebody's asking me who. Well, his name is, I, I, well, I believe it is Prophet Oscar Gubadia. If it's not Prophet, I know he's, a, he's a, 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 an educationally accredited doctor. In essence, not, my understanding is that this is not a... This is not a What's what I'm looking for now? It's not a 
honorary doctorate. So Dr. Oscar or Apostle Oscar Gubadia, Prophet Oscar Gubadia. We're going to have a conversation on Instagram Live tomorrow about mantles, the anointing, and and what the Bible really has to say about that. So spread the word and let's, let's uh, hopefully wrap that up so next week on Tuesday we can move to something else. Also, if you haven't registered for the summit, I don't know what you're doing, uh, but please go and do that right, right now. Uh, go register right, right now. If we take up the banner at the bottom, that'd be great. So go register right now um, to, be, to make sure that you reserve a space. If you want to volunteer, uh, to serve over the course of the week in any department, please let us know. There is a Google form in the description of this video. We need all the hands that we can get. If you want to partner with us concerning the summit and everything else that we do, the details are on your screen. You can also go to the summit registration site. There's a button there that says give. So um, I don't know who is giving in the other ways. I hope many of you are giving in the other ways. You're giving by PayPal, you're giving by card. Uh, but, you know, in terms of giving through Eventbrite, um, I am, I'm a bit, my eyes are perked at how few people uh, are donating or giving financially towards it. The registration, of course, is free. So the giving is, uh, is, is what's what I'm looking for now, is free will. Uh, but we need every hand we can get to volunteer. Uh, we will welcome every penny we can get to defray the cost of this amazing experience and transaction. So as the Lord leads you, do likewise as well. Of course, I will be back tomorrow and every day between now and the summit at 7 p.m. in the evening as we continue in this journey of truth. Now, there is one exception to this. On this Saturday, the 22nd of October, at 7 p.m., um, primarily via Instagram Live. And so we're going to have to figure out how to make this work with YouTube. But the ladies are having a conversation about sexual purity, uh, the elephant in the room conversations, discussing things that are seemingly taboo, about eating from the cookie jar outside marriage, before marriage if you're single, with someone you're not married to if you're married. Uh, and so on Saturday, uh, that conversation is going to subsume Saturday night on the It Is Written journey. So, um, and by the way, now, ladies, let me know, are men invited to watch that conversation or is it women only? I mean, it's Instagram, so it's not like you can kick us out if we decide to show up, unless you ban all of us. But I don't know if men are, are invited to watch. Okay, so everyone is welcome. Good. So this Saturday, instead of me showing up here on your screen, we will have this conversation with the captivating women about sexual purity. And I think that is extremely extremely important. There will also be prayer uh, and, and, and prophetic ministry from these three amazing ladies, and I know all of them very well. I married one of them and two of my daughters, and so I, I, uh, some, of the, some, of the, some of the heaviest hitters in this generation in the body of Christ, and I'm looking forward to being a part of that as well. All righty, Father, we thank you for honoring us tonight. Somebody with a hip circumstance that God wants to heal now, uh, it could be that your hip is aching or you've had a hip replacement surgery or you need a hip replacement surgery. But God is healing hips tonight. Stretch out your hands in the glory. Hips, hips, hips in the name of Jesus. Father, I speak to everyone. Tony, please. I speak to everyone, Lord, who is dealing with the hip pain. 
a hip condition. Lord, I speak to every lower extremity from the waist down tonight. Let the anointing move from the waist, the gastric area, the waist, the hips, the glutes, Father Lord, the, the calves, the thighs, the hamstrings, the knees, the ankles, the lower body. I release supernatural strength and healing. Heal. Heal. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Angels, we deploy you under the word of the Lord to heal hips to the glory of the King. Thank you for your healing power tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. See you tomorrow at 7 p.m. As usual, please keep the testimonies coming. We might not reply to all of them. I get many in my box. I, you know, I might not reply to every single one. I've been ill over the last few days, so I'm recovering. Uh, but they strengthen us they encourage us they they give us um an impetus to continue to press into god in a deeper way and when we share some of them like the few i've shared over the last few weeks uh, they encourage the faith of other people as well and so uh love you guys maybe tomorrow i'll take a while to read a couple of testimonies that i've received over the last week very very uh mind blowing thank you everybody love you see you tomorrow at 7 p.m bye bye